Hey, Dave, you there? Uh, yeah, let me look. Check. Yep, ID card says it's me. Okay. This is Jack, and I got Jeb here, too. We thought we'd give you... Say hi. Hi. We, uh, I know you're stuck back in Wichita, and uh, we're here in Oshkosh, but uh, we wanted to call you and say hi. And uh, I'm here with Jeb, and we want to just give you a call, and, and uh, we know you couldn't be here, and you're kind of bummed out by that. We'll fill you in a little bit on some of the things we've seen here at Oshkosh. How you doing? What's going on? Uh, well, right now, just trying to keep life going on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, trying to keep things as normal as we can, with the exception that normally I would be in Oshkosh. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, so we got—I was just—we got a big thunderstorm passing through here. It's uh, Tuesday evening, for our listeners' sake. Here, we'll say it's Tuesday evening, and the uh, air show ended about an hour ago. And pretty quickly after the air show, uh, everybody started batting down the hatches because we could see not only on radar, but with your naked eye, you could see there was a big storm coming this way. And uh, it's passed through about ten ten minutes or so ago, and uh, hopefully it's going to fade out now. But uh, there was good thunder and lightning. Still, as occasional lightning strikes and thunder. You may hear that as we talk. So, uh, Needless to say, there aren't too many aircraft coming or going right now. Well, you know, it's July in Wisconsin. If it doesn't happen at least once, it's not a real Oshkosh. It? Exactly. It's not, it's not, uh, it's out of the ordinary. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it probably killed the entire duration of the ultralight flying time this afternoon, this evening. So that's kind of bad. But anyways, um, they made a bunch of changes here, Dave. They've, uh, they, uh, you know, uh, uh, moved some of the exhibits around. They've made that four corners in the center, you know, just west of uh, of uh, the west ramp, um, into a really well defined uh, uh, EAA information center. They've still got the member center there, and they've got uh, a, a merchandise uh, store. But then they've got a couple other programs, including the one week wonder is over there, um, and uh, uh, we've been we've been having a good time watching the one week wonder. Um, it, it's uh, been very, very popular. I mean, it's just as as big a success and more as they might have wished for. Um, it, it's almost too successful. Uh, they may be in danger of not being able to, compl- or, or they're being slowed down in the build process by all of the members that are just fascinated and want to be part of it. And uh, uh, so that's well, kind it's of not it. often. It's not often you get a crack at pulling some rivets on a on a project that's show center like that. Yeah. So uh, uh, it's it's going real well. They've had a big crowd. I was over there the first morning and uh, pulled my rivets and got my little commemorative pin and got to sign my name in the logbook. So uh, that was kind of cool. And uh, so, you know, um, it's it's going real well. So there's a webcam, you know. You can actually go and see the, uh, the uh, One Week Wonder uh, tent area, the build area. And so you can kind of check out uh, how far they're doing. They're they're assembling the airplane on a center bench in the middle of this whole work area. So that's kind of cool. Well, Charlie Becker's had a big hand. You know, our old buddy's had a big hand in organizing that. And and I've got to tell you, all the way back before Sun and Fun, he already had a lot of this stuff laid out. They they came up with uh, different paint scheme ideas and let people vote on them. And uh, so it doesn't surprise me. It's attracting big crowds. It's certainly been... Uh, out in the, out the space of people long enough. Yeah, I've been comparing this whole uh, pulling rivets thing to be the sort of modern day or contemporary version of the old EAA wing rib building, um, which is a long time tradition. I'm sure you know. Um, and sure. Now they've got this new one where they're 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 breaking the ice on the building process by showing people how to uh, operate a a pop rivet you know gun and uh, and to actually uh, you know fasten metal together. It's kind of cool and people are eating it up, man. They're having a good old time over there. Long lines waiting to go in and pull two rivets. I mean, 
truly. It's kind of nuts, but it's great. Very, very exciting. Well, it's a little-known fact that the real reason my Popeye the Sailor Man had such big forearms was because his home-building projects all had to have hand-pulled ribbon. So. <laughs> well, that must be it. Um, what else? Have you heard of anything uh, back from out in the world? Have you heard anything about what's going on here? Any questions about what we've been seeing? Well, I'm just uh, curious what the general crowd disposition is like and how it feels to you as a, as, as a crowd size so far. Yeah. Um, I was trying to get Jeb to answer that question, but the truth is he hasn't been out very much. I've been out a little bit more than him. Um, the crowds seem good, maybe not as big as they've ever been, um, but very healthy. I mean, there's a lot of people here. I, I looked up at one point today and just looked in all directions, and uh, no, it wasn't jam-packed, but it was solid. Yeah, And it's also still Tuesday, you know? I mean, the crowds will grow as the week progresses. I did hear one... Yeah. Uh, I, I did hear one rumor that today that, that if true is significant, um, someone who a source I believe who, who's informed and, and not reckless said that he had heard that uh, they've closed the uh, the GA parking areas. They're full. They've saturated them. That, that's an, that's, easy uh, that's, to, what, that's, that's easy wonderful to when that happens. Yeah, and I don't know if it's done that. With the exception of Sploshkosh here, I don't think we've had the uh, parking lots fill up in a few years. So. Uh, so that that's a very good sign, if true. Um, so uh, th- th- that's kind of cool. What else? But it also means it's been fairly dry the last couple of weeks, so they should have plenty of parking and plenty of camping, and it's good to hear that it's filling up the North 40. Yeah, it, the ground is very firm. I haven't noticed any problems like that. It has been raining a fair bit, but not drenching rains that, that, that flood anything. Not, nothing like Sploshkosh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, even this morning when I left out, uh, the North 40 was almost full, maybe 95%, and it probably has filled up completely the, uh, the rest of the day. Um, the, the really interesting thing about this, though, is the weather has been okay for, for you and me, but for some other people, it hasn't been all that good. So they there may be people who have not come in yet, but I think more importantly, you know, I. I think the coming weekend you're going to see a flock of airplanes come and go. Oh, understood. When things get a little bit better and the early birds start to go home, there'll be space, too. Well, that plus the Thunderbirds are, I think, going to be a big attraction at Oshkosh. First time oh. they've, they've been here. And I think a lot of people are maybe waiting for the coming weekend. Yeah. Have you heard anybody talking yet about how far away away from the runway they're going to have to be when the show goes on? Oh yeah, we're running a, a house ad every day uh, with graphics, and we're basically just alternating the pictures. Yeah, that David. Plus, there's signage all over the grounds, um, all out in the flight line area. There's a you know there's a pulled back um, what will become the front line um, at some point in the afternoon when the when the Thunderbirds are going to fly, and so there's literally another white line been chalked onto the grass. Um, and then there's signs all along that line warning people that, uh, you know, for the Thunderbirds, you can't sit any closer than here. Because they could have a real mess if people started to lay out all their lawn furniture in the wrong spot. And then, like, you know, two hours before the Thunderbirds, everybody has to move. Um, so they're, they're doing a good job of getting the word out. There's signs down in the uh, South 40 that uh, warn pilots down there that I believe everybody in the South 40 has to evacuate during the uh, the Thunderbirds. That's what the sign seems to imply. So they're they're doing a pretty good job, but it's a pretty dramatic pullback of the uh, crowd line, and uh, 
you know and and plus people across the way have been inconvenienced too um they, there's a you know directly across the way is a factory but to the south on the other side there's a a series of private homes that are right right you know up to the fence practically um some of them even have through the fence access which i don't think a lot of people know that yeah. the, some of the houses on the east side are like that, yeah. too. But anyways, the ones over on the... Well, that's what I'm talking about, over on the east side. Um, and uh, they've been told they have to evacuate their houses um, during the during the Thunderbirds performance. So it's it's uh, it's a big deal. They've seemed to... The EAA and, and the Air Force uh, seem to have done a pretty good job of planning the whole thing, although time will tell whether it works. But they, they've, they're definitely working hard to anticipate all the issues. Yeah, I... I, I never, go ahead, Dave. I was just thinking, all the times that I've seen the Thunderbirds, I never really thought about how far away we had to be. Right. Uh, including one fortunate uh, visit to Nellis Air Force Base when they were flying uh, their final full dress rehearsal before they start, started their tour schedule uh, 10 days later. And uh, even there on Nellis Air Force Base. Yeah. Uh, they had us at a line, the photographers that I was with. We were the closest people, and it was still so far away that anything much shorter than a 400 uh, really made them look a long way off for yeah. most of the shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it'll be interesting, um, but they're they're working hard to try and make it as, uh, as disruptive as possible. Um, as not disruptive as possible. What did I say? Anyways... Um, Another thing they've been doing here this week, one of the one of the, almost daily, I think. I don't know if it's every day, but they've imported. This is the way I think of it. They've imported the uh, Valdez Alaska short landing contest. They brought a bunch of these aircraft and presumably their pilots down here, and every day they're doing a demonstration of ultra short field takeoffs and landings out in front of the crowd. Um, yes, you too can take off from your very own backyard in suburban America. I know, I know. You, you can't do it without violating some fires, but the airplane's capable. Yeah. Apparently, someone told me today that they uh, actually had to do this demonstration at a time when there were 18-knot crosswinds on that runway, which really kind of... And, and apparently the rules of the game are that you're not allowed to land into the wind, you know, to adjust your angle to land into the wind. You can't land diagonally on the runway or anything like that. You have to land straight down the runway, you know, you know, regardless of the crosswind, so uh, that must have been interesting. I don't know. That'll that'll separate the ailerons from the rudders. Yeah. Uh, so, and then apparently on Friday evening after the formal air show, these Valdez short takeoff and landing folks are going to move down to the Red Barn and do and and have some fun on the grass strip down there. Which that would <laughs> that's going to be fun. I, I yeah, I want to see some of that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Are you familiar, David, with this whole Valdez uh, short takeoff and landing thing? Oh, annual competition, absolutely. Uh, And uh, it's kind of stunned me how much more sophisticated it's gotten in the last few years, how uh, how much shorter the distances have gotten. They were short enough to begin with, but holy cow. They start getting under three airplane lengths. That's some serious short stuff. Yeah, Phil, Phil Weston was shooting that for us. And he said that the pilots, before they go fly, they empty their pockets, you know. And I was like, yeah, they probably go to the, the porta potty too. And he kind of smiles. <laughs> Get the weight down as much as you possibly sure. can. Sure. So that'll be fun to go check that out over on the, uh, on the uh, ultralight field on Friday night. I think it's Friday night. I, I, that's what I was told. Oh, they'll probably have some good video online of that. Yeah. 
So uh, what else is going on? We saw two airplanes. We talked about them on a past uh, daily, but just quickly, two interesting airplanes I've noted this week. Um, there's a, a Martin, what is it, WB-57 Canberra here, um, which I've never seen. Yep. Yeah, I've never seen one of these airplanes before. It, it's it's wow. an interesting airplane. The, the one that is here is um, operated by NASA, and it's got some specialized uh, installations on it. One, one central feature of which is the... Uh, uh, larger uh, fan uh, engines r- versus the old turbojets that were on the original B-57s. And, really? Yeah, so you got a large ducted fan engine uh, in the same basic place as the old Canberra engines, which were kind of embedded into the wing a, a couple of feet out from the fuselage. Uh-huh. It, the whole thing is just weird looking, but it's a it's first time it's been here. It's a very interesting airplane. It's a very interesting airplane. And my first the first time I saw it here, it was doing a flyby. I was standing up in the exhibits area, so I was some distance away from the sh- from the uh, you know the runway and the showcase area. And this thing was doing a, a flyby from the south to the north. And it, uh, uh, as it pulled out and you know, banked off to the right, you really got this great view of the uh, of the silhouette and the, of the airplane. And it's just got these funny shaped wings. It's it's really interesting shaped airplane. So uh, that was kind of cool. I don't know if we could hear that. Um, the, the, when we started this episode, it was thunder and lightning out still. Um, and now uh, I should mention we're hiding out in the hotel here. We've got the we're sitting in my hotel room with the window uh, wide open, so uh, we can hear. Oh, what's, you're at this too. We are at the Superb 8, that's right. Um, and uh, uh, on my way over here, I moved my car. So uh, one of my tr- tr- uh, Oshkosh traditions is to, uh, at, at, at some point around this time of the week, to claim the parking space where we park my car in order to use the trunk for the tie-down party. And uh, I came back over this afternoon, and that space was open. So I jumped into my car, my truck now, and uh, and and moved over. So so we're all set for the tie down party. Anybody who's in town and listening to this Thursday night from six o'clock to uh, to dark um, over here at the uh, Super Eight Gate on the northwest corner of the field. Um, what was the other? Oh, the other interesting airplane I saw here, um, and I don't think we did talk about this one on the podcast. Um, over, we were over in Ultralights, Jeb, the other night. One of the airplanes they taxied out was an electric airplane, all right? I believe it was called the Eagle, which is kind of a, actually kind of a clever play on words like eagle, right? You know, it's, but, it, but it's a gull. Apparently, David, is there a type of ultralight called a gull? Well, there have been, been a number over the years that had gull in the name. Uh, and before that, there was a aircraft company out in California that made hang gliders called Seagull Aircraft. Uh-huh. So maybe, uh, yeah. I mean, are you familiar with this e- electric gull, this e-gull? I've seen a couple of things online about it, but I haven't seen it in person. Uh, but it's supposed to be a highly efficient, you know, fly a long time or soar. Yeah. Uh, on a fairly small battery with a really good, uh, really good uh, lift to drag and uh, high aspect ratio. Yeah, Jeb and I were over at the ultralight field uh, last evening for a few minutes, sitting by the edge of the fence and watching the planes fly. And that's when they taxied this thing out. And and the announcers make going on and on about making a big deal about how quiet it's going to be. And so of course we want to hear how quiet it is. Except that they also had a completely separate demonstration of an engine running right in front of us out there on the sort of grass ramp and 
we couldn't hear it, but we were not sure there was anything to hear in the first place. Yeah, so it, it took off. The, the eagle took off and flew past us. And, uh, I mean, it was certainly silent, but probably largely because there was a, a, a airplane engine on a stand running right in front of us. Anyways, that was the eagle. It's a, it's a sleek-looking airplane. It seemed like it was like maybe a composite airplane. or It, had some, it seemed to be I'm all composite. Yeah. I'm wondering if I didn't see that fly at Summit Fund. It's very possible. It's very possible. There was a very unusual electrically powered airplane that I got some shots of, but I don't remember the name of. But it was eerie because when he throttle up, you get this brief uh, rise in prop noise. And once it started to move, the prop noise just faded away Yeah. until by the time it took off. It wasn't making any sound at all. Yeah. One thing that was interesting, oh, there's a little thunder. The storm's not over yet. Um, one thing that was interesting about the electric airplane is that as it, as it was taxiing, so it was taxiing away from us on the, on the, the grass ramp there, and it, it, was, it had to slow down for some reason, some, something out in front of it. And as it slowed down, it looked like the engine stalled because the propeller came to a complete stop, all right, and then slowly <laughs> started up again, of course, because it's an electric motor and it doesn't need to stay spinning. It can go from all the way down to zero, but uh, it was it was it's it's an odd looking thing to, you know, propeller can just go as slow as it wants to, and I, I swear it looked it like it drive- out, oh it's the engine stalled oh no it didn't anyways it drives some friends of mine crazy because there's no idle needle to adjust <laughs> yeah right so that's another thing that's going on here what else uh, did you, is there anything you've heard about out in the world that you think is notable that's going on here uh, I've seen a couple of wire stories talking about what's going on up there, but. Not in any kind of specifics, mostly talking about, you know, uh, this band band coming together amid hopes of seeing some rejuvenation in uh, private aviation. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty generic stuff. Uh, it, uh, it almost felt like it didn't cobble together from wire, yeah. wire feed. Yeah. Well, we, we miss you up here, David. It's not the same not having you here, but uh, I know you got some business to attend to, so uh, uh, we'll, we'll definitely look forward to seeing you here next year. And uh, um, I don't know if you are, are, have been able, but, you know, there's a very, very active social media component going on here, and there's a lot of people out in the world that are following Oshkosh. Um, the, one of the places I'm looking at it is, is on Twitter, um, the, the Osh14 uh, hashtag on Twitter is just really a happening place. Lots of people, myself included, well, posting I, a lot of I stuff. Saw, there. I saw a lot of stuff. Uh, my Twitter account's not set up to give me everything like that. Yeah, it's set up to give me some specific people or hashtags, right. and yep. one of them that I saw a lot of action on was around the field. So. Yeah, that's me. Go. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of that stuff. But uh, there's a lot of people tweeting about AirVenture. If you want to follow what's going on here from afar, um, go into Twitter and search on the hashtag OSH14. So, so that's kind of cool. And I'm sure the Facebook's doing some stuff, too. And, you know, YouTube, I know uh, Fred Johnson's sitting next to me in the office and posting YouTube videos every day from for his uh, aerial site. So, anyways... Um, Unless you've got any other question for us, David, we'll let you go. Uh, like I said, we miss you, and uh, we'll, we'll you know see you soon enough. But uh, you take care of yourself. You guys have a great time. Bite a brat, bend a beer for me, and we'll see you next time. We will do that. All right, you take care. Thanks again, man. Yeah.